Welcome to my dream home in the nightmare realm. The show that's by me, Ingrid, and you, insert your name here. I've collected the threads of sound that make up the following hour from friends and acquaintances and weaved them into a kind of tapestry or maybe an oral blanket. Something to wrap yourself in to feel more at home in this, our nightmarish realm. If the metaphor of being wrapped in a blanket is stifling, as we are in a bit of a heat wave here, then maybe you could think of each recording as a leaf, a dead stem, or like a root, tightly intertwined, to make a kind of thatch roof, to keep cool in the shade. If you'd like to send a piece of music, a voice memo of where you are in the world, possibly with the hum of a fridge or the hiss of a beetle, send it to dreamhomepodcast at gmail.com. The first sound you're going to hear is a recording right outside the studio where I'm recording this. It's uh, the buzzing of some bumblebees in the Vitex tree or Chaseberry, and in the background, my nemesis, the Blue Jay. And now, the sound of birds after a big rain. And a song by the sea from Bridge. Bridge over water I met the ocean daughter I held up a shell to hear but I couldn't discern the queer old noises from each other This is my friend Dalva, the wolf dog. She's passing her friend's house, but they're not stopping. Hey, uh, Sarah, what are some images associated with Mars in the 12th house? Crocodile in a swamp, dynamite in a locker, guerrilla warfare, Gymnasium of the Soul, Underground Explosion, Martial Arts, Forbidden Fire, Ice Skating, Hot Water, Driving Through Fog, Buried Hatchet, Fire in a Cave, Crusade, Fantasyland Engineer, Sacred Battle, Backseat Driver, Steam Bath, Water Sports, Soggy Match, Getaway Car, Flooded Accelerator, Security Guard, Hospital Surgeon, Resistance Fighter, Pressure Cooker, Boat Engine. Okay, glad we cleared that up. Thank you. These are my friends Will and Ollie, just making some stuff up.
Well, you know what that sound means. It is time to pick the symbol of the day. We got a different book today, one of many encyclopedias of symbolism I have on hand. The Dictionary of Symbols from Jack Treseder. I've got a random number generator set to generate a page and a paragraph number to read from. The page number is 14. And the paragraph number is four, making the symbol of the day ape. Ape. Treseder writes, An animal of sharply diverging symbolism, respected in ancient Egypt, Africa, India, and China, but deeply distrusted in Christian tradition, where it was equated with vice, lust, idolatry, and devilish heresies. The ape's imitative skills were widely used to satirize human vanity and other follies. In Western art, it appears with an apple in its mouth as a symbol of the fall, and later, more playfully, as an analog for artists themselves, imitating nature. In Egyptian iconography, the caped baboon is a symbol of wisdom. The Indian ape or monkey god Hanuman represents courage, strength, and self-sacrifice. If you listened last week, you'll remember Steph reading a piece from Harmon Butcher. Here's another one called Clean Up Your Heart. Now that the sun is up, I can count how many dogs are here. I think it's 53. Now that morning has started, I can feel more warm. Now that the dogs are awake... I can try to sleep. There is a dew settling, and I like their fur. It's hard being small, and it's hard to cry all the time, but it's worth all the trouble. I fell and got a broken brain. The rocks cut me up, and I got a broken brain. Before, I did terrible things, and I never cried. The people trusted me, but they shouldn't have. My words were like snakes, and the snakes were like shadows, and the shadows went with me everywhere. The lies filled people's minds until they loved me, and until they hated the dogs. Then I fell. Uh, I fell onto my back, and a blood came out. Bees came in and drank the blood, and moss grew in my mind. Moss is a protector and helps to heal. There are 53 dogs here. And if I die in my sleep, I hope they eat me because I always deserve it. I hear Grand Jaglo approaching. 
Thanks for that, Ron Jaglow. You are listening to My Dream Home in the Nightmare Realm. I'm Ingrid. And next up, we have Goblin Lullaby from Swamp Fern. You know, this song kind of reminds me of something I'm about to play. In making this show, I'm honoring a path I began back in 2014 when I went to school for broadcast engineering, which included both radio and television. My course load was entirely classes in media, except for one. In previous years at a junior college, I found that if I took a yoga class in the morning before some of the more heady courses, I had more clarity and could better retain the information from all the classes that followed. So I signed up for Kinesiology 136 at 9am. If you were signed up for this class, you'd find yourself walking downstairs to the basement level of a physical education building on campus and entering a long dark room with a cushy blue padded floor and a boombox at one end playing Lar Coughlin's original New Age music from the 80s and 90s on cassette. Lar, the instructor, started teaching the first yoga class ever offered at a California State University in 1974. And I believe that even though he retired in 2014, soon after I took the class, that he still dips in for a summer course here and there. His lectures began as a walkthrough of poses and would quickly veer into the philosophical and musings on the senses. He was also a falconer and would tell tales of wildlife rescues and teaching a bald eagle named Silver to fly again, about which there was a documentary film we could watch for extra credit. The textbook for the class, Yoga, the Spirit of Union, was more of an art photography book of him doing headstands on the peaks of State Park Mountains. In digging all this up, I looked him up on RateMyProfessor.com, and all the reviews seemed to echo how I felt. One says, I learned much more than yoga forms. I learned that all experience is an arc, to build upon. He is a wise man. (laughs) In addition to the textbook, you could buy CDs of his music and lectures in the campus bookstore. I was such a fangirl, I picked up everything they had, and I'd like to play you the first half of one of those lectures now, scored by his own music, which you're hearing now, to give you a sense of what it sounded like in that early morning basement cave where I learned about the spirit of union. 
come to life in the art of deep relaxation. Relaxation is a natural state of life accessible to all, but the art of deep relaxation is a technique mastered by only a few. We are generally taught that the more we rush in this modern culture, the more we get done. Yet deep relaxation is a state which cannot inherently be rushed into. On the contrary, it is the very cessation of this anxiety-provoking rush which liberates the mind and body and spirit, enabling deep relaxation to naturally unfold. Many thousands of years ago, this art of deep relaxation was known. They called it the union sleep. It meant the union of the conscious mind within the deep relaxation of the physical body. The techniques explained on this cassette encompass a two 30-minute cycles. The first half is an introduction into the initial experience of deep relaxation. The second half is a deeper penetration into the possibilities of the human body at rest. It's good to lie down on the floor or lying on your back on a comfortable bed or even sitting in a comfortable chair. The eyes should be closed. And it's important now to disconnect the mind from all the physical expectations and all the mental commitments of the day. First, warm the body in a quick and powerful exertion of the muscles. To have a point of reference of relaxation. Let's begin by lifting the legs about a foot up into the air. Lift the arms up also and lift the head. And now, together, we are going to flex the toes, the feet, the legs, the hands, the arms, the stomach, the chest, the neck, the face, to energize the entire body at once, all the muscles in the body in tension. And now relax. Release all tension. Take a deep breath, and with the exhalation, allow all the tension of the muscles to leave the body. Scanning down to the toes, check all ten toes. Make sure the toes are relaxed. Check the feet and the legs. The fingers, the hands, arms. Scan down the trunk to relax the entire trunk, the stomach, the chest, the shoulders, the entire back. 
just good to have the mouth closed, but let the jaw itself relax. And let the face relax also. We're going to take a mental journey inside the physical body. With the conscious mind in an experiential state of awareness. Bring the awareness of the mind now to the scalp and become aware of the scalp and the hair growing around the scalp. From the scalp, center the awareness inside the skull itself. We are now looking in upon the brain. The brain is the seat of consciousness, the house of the mind. Normally we are experiencing the life through the various senses, extending outward to the outer universe. Rarely does the mind look in upon its own house. The windows to this house are the eyes. The shades are drawn closed. The eyes are relaxed. It's fairly common during the relaxation, even in a darkened room, to experience some visual stimulation or sensations, even with the eyes closed. Sometimes one will notice patterns or colors. These patterns and colors of light are not external light. It's internal light, light generated by the sensitivity to the optical nerves. The experience itself is secondary to these goal, which is total deep relaxation. In order to deeply relax, one must be able to control the muscles. Not only the muscles, however, one needs to learn to control these senses. We have the ability to become very conscious of any given sense by focusing mentally into the sensory experience. We also have the ability to disconnect from any given sense. Somewhat similar to changing the channels on a radio. The mind is going from one sense to another throughout the entire daily activity. And not only changing the channel of the radio, but being able to turn up and down the volume of mental awareness in any given sense. The sensory mastery is a goal 
of deep relaxation. Let's concentrate to the ears. They have a peculiar shape. It's a functional shape. The function of the outer ears is to gather sound vibrations, to channel those sound vibrations downward into the eardrums. My voice, the music, any other outer sounds in the environment. These are simply sound vibrations collected by the outer ears. The eardrums vibrate in mass with all these sounds together. Inside the inner ears, a series of delicate, sophisticated mechanisms enable us to dissect each and every sound source. We have the ability to go out the most distant sound, maybe a jet plane flying way overhead, many miles away. We can analyze that sound, the direction it may be moving, the volume of the sound relative to its distance, the source and the meaning of that sound. And from every sound, from the most distant to the nearest sound, we have this ability to dissect and understand each sound source. We take this for granted, we just call it hearing. But the human senses are unique and highly sophisticated. When one can concentrate within a sense, one can turn up the volume of that sensory experience. And yet there are other circumstances where a sense may be overstimulated and we don't necessarily have control of the sensory input from the outer world. In this circumstance it would be desirable to turn down the mental awareness of that sensory input. We do this automatically. If, for example, we live near an airport, within a matter of weeks, we no longer notice that loud jet noise going overhead day and night, even though the noise might be loud enough to rattle the windows. We quickly condition ourselves to disconnect any concern over that sensory input. Even in deep sleep, the rattling of the windows and the jet noise will no longer awaken us. And yet if there were a signal of danger or warning, like the sound of a smoke alarm down the hall, this sound, even though not as loud as the jet noise, would awaken us from sleep. It's a survival mechanism. The ears do not go to sleep with the body. They're constantly collecting sound vibrations even in the deepest sleep. This harkens back to living in nature where we were sleeping amongst wild animals, lurking in the night. In the deepest sleep, we would have to be aware of that subtle rustle in the bushes through the sense of hearing 
So this is a unique capacity to the ears, surviving during sleep. Getting in trouble for burning down sound. 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 My Dream Home in the Nightmare Realm. You are listening to an as-yet-unreleased track from Jelliot, Gel Pen, which I can only assume is titled Wow Yeah, because that is the file name. Let's head over now to Ash Hay, who has this week's news in Sheep. Howdy, y'all. This is Ash with your weekly Sheep update. Now, as this is the first installment, let's bring everyone up to speed. I got two sweetie sheepies living in my backyard, Violet and Scarlet. Sisters who love each other, and I hope they love me too. They love to munch and crunch on grass and beans and especially cucumbers. They started out this summer totally hacking the plum tree. They found out, I guess, that if you bump into it, all the ripe plums fall. I was able to get two rounds of jam out of my tree this year, a little less than usual, but I'm happy that they got to munch on some sweet treats. I saw them munching on a patch of comfrey this morning, so I hope that helps with their achy legs. Scarlet does have arthritis. In the coming weeks, I will let you know what the goings-on of these fuzzy gals are, and maybe do some interviews. I love to hear what they have to say, and I think you will too. Well, from my sheep to yours, have a great day. Bye-bye. Those are the sounds of a cat that has just passed from this realm to the next this week. We wish them a safe journey. Here's a song from Sarah.
Once again, this is my dream home in the nightmare realm. Thank you to all of the contributors this week. You gave me so much to sort through. It's really my favorite thing in the world. Here's another song from Swamp Fern called uh, Dream Sketch. Sounds of a Pachinko Machine and Sing Me a Song by Lauren Cornelius.
Dream of a Spirit from Lolar. It started to feel a little terrific. And I'd be sitting on the couch next to you. Everett Singer sitting there. And I just couldn't believe what I was feeling. At first I thought I really like it, like really like it. But every now and then I'd only see the wall behind me. And the little crab that formed the shape of a dolphin. And remember, sometimes I only feel your hands touching mine. And I didn't even know you were there. I started to become afraid of it, sometimes avoiding it entirely. It had become surreal. It took up so much of my life. And I didn't even know what it was. I'm still not sure I knew it wasn't real. After all, I couldn't be. I never saw the light catch the hairs on the side of your face. I never felt your heartbeat, but some nights I'd climb up to the roof and watch the birds fly in a circle above our house. I'd sit out there all night wondering if they'd ever stop. Sometimes I'd notice them dashing and jabbing at one another, but I could never tell who was winning. One time they had a baby, like a human baby. I didn't even know we had this here. They were tossing the ground him by his hair and throwing him to the next bird. I was so disgusted I couldn't stay and watch. I went back inside and laid next to you all night without sleeping. The next morning I went to see if they still had him and he was gone. I never saw that baby again. I never felt your warm breath against the back of my neck. I never saw your shadow on the porch. But sometimes it could feel so real. Next up, I have another piece from my college days. It was a final project for a sound recording class that's like a surrealist This American Life segment. You'll notice my voice is a little bit lower. I was 21 years old and still struggling to come out as trans. So it's kind of a fun one. Today, I woke up as a mouse. frazzled, I walked to the TV and wished that a poet would come on and explain my predicament. But instead, he stared at me with blue glazing eyes. It was holy, but it was also terrifying. I slid like a squid into the kitchen and prayed for a cheese that might explain the feelings I was going through. Instead, mother had cooked venison, and the table was too high to reach. Somehow in all of this, I knew that the only way to escape my own mind would be to paint it. I looked forward into the next 15 minutes and imagined myself struggling, trying to get the caps off my paints. So I settled on the skins of apples and oranges, biting into them. I knew that there was something special about myself. I could smell the oil from the pans. It was rancid. Just the previous day I had been telling Mother she needed to get new oil. My predictions were never listened to. Neither by my brother Chandi. My brother Chandi. He wears a hat that's twisted at the end. It's blue and green. And he says that he knit it in 
the style of his favorite rock musician, Jam Moskert. Jam Moskert is also a mouse, but that doesn't mean I care for his music. Chandi was too busy building clocks that he promptly threw in the trash. Every clock I retrieved and used as canvases for the paintings I would attempt to excrete my feelings upon. Promptly after smelling the oils, I reached my arms out and remembered the parrots in our house. I was to feed them this morning. A part of me wanted to neglect my duty and continue with my painting mission. But most of the other parts of myself knew that those fuckers wouldn't make it one morning without their multicolored grains. After some struggle, I managed to tear apart the bag that contained them and carry them in small loads. Some in my mouth, spitting them into the tray that the parrots would then devour. I think they would have rather had me. But most days, when I'm human, I don't think that's true. I was rather glad this happened, actually. When I was finished, I had realized it had given me a real idea for my painting. It was a small painting, and like I said, was made from the peels of apples and oranges. But in the end, it really did end up looking like my mother, and it really did end up looking like the parrots. More jams from Will and Ollie of the band Now.
It's with a heavy heart that I play the next sound. Um, it's the purrs from Ribbon, our little kitty who has been missing for more than a month. This was the first night that we had her. And we wish very dearly for her to come home. Wherever she is. I love you, Ribbon. Bring home some gophers for us. Okay, let's fearlessly dip into the nightmare realm for a second.
I'm glad we went through that together. Next up, a Wicked Games remix from Vero. Eat your heart out, Chris Isaac. Strange what desire will make selfish people do. My world was on fire and no one could save me but you. I want to know how do you sleep at night? Tossing and the turning in the morning Leaning deeper into your knife If I take my life Will the pain you inflict subside? Or could it be Just another one of your lies? Next up, some private jet music, also from Vero. Thank you so much for joining us. This has been My Dream Home in the Nightmare Realm. My name is Ingrid. We hope to have many more episodes of this in the future, so keep sending stuff. Uh, dreamhomepodcast at gmail.com. Let us know what you think of the show. You'll be able to find us on Apple Podcasts soon. But for now, it's uh, Psyched Radio Tuesdays at 4 or uh, SoundCloud. This final track is a B-side from our old band Secret Cat, an early rendition of Hose Rips. It's called Seams Air Nostrils. Wow.